are listening to Omnis Protocol. I am Charles, also known as Omnis, and I'm here with Samuel. Uh, he is very difficult to find on Discord as he goes by Samuel Sweeten. What's up, Sam? Life is grand. How are you? I'm doing very well. So this is uh, this is take two of this particular episode. So um, the episode that released last Tuesday was like an emergency recording Monday night. Sam and I recorded a great episode going over openings, and we totally did not expect the pentagrams, advanced R&D, and uh, gamma launch uh, changes. Threw us for a loop. Yeah, I, I was I was kind of expecting advanced R&D might get restricted. I was not expecting that change. And I think if it had been just like one of the three, I'd probably been like, let's just release the episode anyway. But I felt like maybe a third to a half of the openings that we talked about were immediately just off the table. You know what? We have so many interesting openings to talk about. I'd rather this episode be something concise that the listeners were like, all of these are potentially relevant. Um, and you had such super cool plays, especially from your Inhumans experience. I was like, I want I want this episode to be something special. So I'm really, really thankful that you're willing to do this again with me. Yeah, all, glad to do it. I'm always glad to talk about cool plays. So before we hop into all of these openings, um, want to tell the listeners a little about yourself. What do you like playing in MCP and where do you play out of? Yeah, so I am kind of known as an Inhumans player on the discords uh, for good reason, because I've been playing them a lot. And I'm based out in northern Utah in Logan, if people are familiar with that. And uh, yeah, I've experimented a bit with Guardians and Asgard at the beginning of the game. I enjoyed both of them, but I've kind of found found my niche within humans. What about Inhumans ended up drawing you in? I I enjoyed the Inhumans comics and just kind of that connection to the characters is what initially kind of pulled me into the Inhumans. And then I found I enjoyed playing them. So I kept playing them on the table. Yeah, I found one interesting thing about MCP is Almost every affiliation kind of has its niche. If you play it enough to kind of figure out what it is, it's not always obvious. Like I remember one point I was just totally struggling to figure out what I wanted to do with Asgard. And then someone dropped deadly meteors on me and I was like, Oh, and I'm like, all right, here's, here's the niche for Asgard. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of things in MCP that I think just you play, you get enough reps in and you kind of, are able to start figure figuring things out, especially in a lot of like the mid played affiliations, you know, there's a lot of like room to brew and come up with your own things. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of time when people truly struggle with an affiliation, it's because they're trying to make the affiliation do something that they're not actually that good at and need to, you know, need to look at, Sometimes it's the the play style versus what the affiliation is good at. So I'm I'm glad that you have been able to find a good home for Inhumans because I feel like a lot of time when people bring up Inhumans, there's like there's like one guy. I'm like that's Sam. That's who you're talking about. You're talking about Sam. Sam's the guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was another guy who played them last season as well. Uh, Sasa, I think, in Europe. So there's yeah, very strong player. Yeah, not an Inhumans devotee like yourself, but just gave him gave him a run, gave him a lot of practice. But yeah, moving around, kind of the same way that like Morgan does. He 
They like yeah. Black Order, but he plays Brotherhood, plays, you know, played some Wakanda, playing some Avengers. A lot of good players will try a variety. Yeah, and that's a great thing about this game is that you you don't have to like specialize in one affiliation or just a certain set of characters. It's really uh open and wide enough that you can play a lot of different things and be good at that. I'll admit, there's certainly a part of me that would love to like truly specialize, but mm-hmm. I feel like I play I feel like I really like about six or so affiliations. And then I've decided yeah. that some just like aren't aren't necessarily my not enough that I want to like play them very regularly. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Well, let's hop into the actual episode. So the idea here is I uh, went and rewatched Queen's Gambit again. And God, I love that show. Um, It always gets me thinking about the parallels between chess and uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol. And I felt like we were really due for an openings episode because it comes up in chess a lot. You know, here are like some strong openings. Here are some unique openings that don't come up very often, but what you'd have to do against them, that sort of thing. And Sam has had some absolutely fantastic, like, round one craziness that people don't expect. So I felt like this was the perfect episode for you. Um, So I'm really glad you're able to hop on with me. And I'm ready to dive into these. Because some of them are like, even just as I'm thinking about them, I'm like, what am I going to do about that? So Yeah. Now, there's some cool stuff you can do from turn one. Yep. And even though... Uh, I think it was uh, Strike Better it said uh, AMG is declaring war on the turn one combos. Well, we're about to have a whole episode of the turn one combos that are still relevant. Yeah. <laughs> Some of them aren't even combos, but all right. So openings. So we're going to start off with the stuff that doesn't require any tactics, like no tactics cards, no leaderships. And so it seemed like the the probably the best example of this, if you're trying to wrap your head and you're thinking like, hey, what's a what's an opening play outside of just like moving your characters? Angela and Amazing Spider-Man, they are the long movers that are on 50 millimeter bases. So those characters can advance up and grab a center cube or a center spider or a midline hammer um, or a Montesi formula book um, and then back up afterwards. And so that can just be a basic like very strong round one turn one play. What about you, Samuel? What's another like really good example of some like round one base level stuff? Uh, there's the Thanos can do similar things now with the uh, space gem, like just like Angela and Spider-Man, he can move up and then space some, double move, grab the thing, space back, or move up space, grab the thing, move back. So there's that just kind of baseline play. And additionally, there's some later turn one plays where you can double move your long movers or medium mover, medium base models to go and uh, contest like uh, an infinity formula or try and flip a mutant madman. Those are some turn one plays you can do to try and get some value. Yep. I mean, while we're on the topic of Thanos, like he could absolutely like even if you're not running space, I mean, theoretically, you could be running space, too. But Thanos plus mind can double move onto an enemy infinity formula and mindstone someone off and cosmic portal someone off. So you could totally flip something totally different. It's not necessarily a opener, but it's something that could absolutely happen in round one that could drastically shift the overall uh the overall standing in the game. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of what my thoughts on turn one plays now, turn one plays are now more like round one plays. 
that there's a lot of things that you can be prepared to do round one with various characters. Yep. And they're all part of, they're still part of the opening because even though yeah. it's not your round one, it's things that you're setting up for and you're like, well, I want to go last or I want to wait until they, uh, you know, they activate the characters on that side, you know, and that's all stuff that you've, you've got to watch out for. And man, I think you got to be careful if it's cube mind Thanos, you got to keep in mind, he could come from really far away and get to get to some points you were not expecting him to be at. Yeah, like uh, space mind, I think is what you mean to say. Yeah. Or what did yeah. I say? Uh, cube mind. Oh yeah, yeah. Space cube. <laughs> we we called it the space gem in uh, in the MCU. So I'll, yeah. I'll let that one slide. All right. So um, I think another like we another like really common one that we've talked about before is uh, like Hulkbuster or Dormammu. Um, deploying so that they're within range one of the deployment hammer and then being able to double move and grab another hammer. And so you immediately have these big, uh, like high threat, hard to take down characters holding two hammers. That is not necessarily like a, a VP swing, but it can provide a pretty big, significant, like attrition advantage, especially for Dormammu suddenly rolling eight dice on his attacks. Like that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, and they're both tanky characters, so you're making them a target, which is usually a good thing because it takes the, – the opponent has to devote so many resources to take them down that it often ends up being a good thing for you. Yeah, keeps them, keeps them protected, and you get a lot of value out of that particular card. And if it's someone who's not going to play tactics cards, that can be even better. If you've got your team built around – you know, say maybe it's like Hulkbuster in Midnight Suns or something, which has become fairly popular. You know, you might never actually play a card from Hulkbuster, so the penalty may not ever matter. Yeah, for sure. All right. What do you want to cover next, Samuel? Thinking of Midnight Suns, actually, I think you can do those hammer plays with um, anybody who can natively generate three power. Oh, we will definitely get to those. Those are the leadership yeah. ones. You're jumping ahead on me, Samuel. Sorry, I, that just popped to, to my mind. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, as far as other turn one with just single characters, I don't have any immediately popping to mind if you have any. So the, so the other stuff that was coming to my mind was you do have just the generic long mover or 50 millimeter base doing the medium move and like hopping over to uh, uh, an enemy extract or, you know, something like that. So grab a cube or a spider affected on your opponent's side. Right, instead of going to an Infinity Formula or Mutant Madman, they can also pick up one of those. Uh, yeah, that's also that's something you want to do with either a tankier character or or if not, they just get blown up. Yeah, I think probably the best characters to do that with, in my opinion, is either Lizard, especially if you're bringing exceptional healing. That can be very difficult to take him down. And yeah. if you even if they did daze him, it's not the end of the world. You're only exposed to three threat, and they probably are very out of position to try to make all those attacks on him. So that could be, that can be worth it anyway. I also think Ronin is amazing for this because he can judge them. So he later sets you up to, um, to be able to attrition them harder. And if he's holding an extract and they come up and um, daze him, he can potentially accuse her away from them and then, you know, do a blast into them, push them further away. And then when they when he drops the cube or the spider infected, they may not even be in position to pick it up. Yeah, no, he's really good at stuff like that. And 
I think those are two really good options to have go pick up your opposing spider or cube. For sure. All right. One that uh one more that could have always been an option, but I think it was just too um it just didn't fundamentally make sense for anyone to ever take it. Um, is Ebony Maw or uh, Loki with the Space Gem. Now, both of those yeah. characters uh, are the capability to Space Gem themselves, walk once, grab something from the middle, and then still back up. Yeah, that's now Now that the changes to the Space Gem, that's actually a legit play that you'll probably see more often from rosters with both of those characters. Yeah, and since the Space Gem is kind of viable, Maw got buffs, both of them have the extra power generation to make it happen. I think if it's something where... Um, you you want to have one of these you know easy to go grab a center extract or say see you're not running it but your opponent brings one of those extracts and now suddenly there's one in the middle of the table you know and you happen to have space Loki or space Maw this could be an option for you you're like well I wasn't planning for this but since you gave me the opportunity let's uh let's let's use it to our advantage yeah no those are both very viable characters now that can do cool stuff like that. All right, well, that's it for mine that don't require any sort of leadership or tactics cards. So let's go ahead and hop into the ones that require tactics cards. Where do you want to start? With ones that require just tactics cards and not a leadership. Just a tactics card, but no leaderships yet. This is really interesting because my old starting place was always advanced R&D. And Mm -hmm. now that doesn't really work as well for the immediate plays. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, how many got knocked off this list because of the advanced R&D change? Yeah, I think that there are still some, if you, it's to be noted that you can do some eye on the prize plays with anyone that generates two power with and has a uh, medium move, medium base, or a long move and a small base that you can pick up center extracts and, and run away. Um, the eye on the prize can still just do that with your center line hammers, cubes, and spiders. That's a place you can start. That's like, hey, you don't even need any of these other special characters. You can just take this card if your roster can't fit those characters. Yep, for sure. You know, that's Ronin with power. That's basically any of the medium bases that can hold a gem, like uh, Corvus, um, Thanos. Anyone can potentially use eye on the prize like that. Um, but then you've got yeah. characters like Hela that just have a second power that can do it. Um, yep. It doesn't quite work with um, the the 35 millimeter base characters that, you know, so like Thor can't do it. No. Um, but it's it's still, a, I think it's, I think we're going to start seeing Eye on the Prize being that ninth or 10th card that people just start adding to their rosters so they can do things like this. Yeah, it's it just opens up a lot of plays like that. And it makes your double move to grab the opponent's spider or cubes just that much safer. Those extra, you know, two inches that you get because you you would be one inch away normally, but now you're three inches away um, because of Eye on the Prize can be enough that, there are shorter range characters across have to move up to attack you and such. So it can make your characters a little safer. Yep. 100%. All right. So um, one that I specifically thought was interesting that I hadn't occurred to me this first round is uh, Ronin with power or Dr. Strange Sorcerer Supreme with eye on the prize can do the same trick that Hulkbuster and Dormammu do with the, uh, uh, with the double move, get two hammers sort of thing. 
Um, And so that could be crazy, especially on the Doctor Strange, right? Having convocation Mm -hmm. being like, all right, I'll eye on the prize, grab this hammer with Doctor Strange, double move him, have another hammer. Whew. That's going to get some crazy damage output. Mm -hmm. Especially with his rerolls, he really takes good advantage of those hammers. And then you can have, you know, and with that, you can set up your other side so you can just have your characters with movement shenanigans to pull in whoever grabs the other hammer from the opponent's side. Yeah, that seems scary. Seems good. Yep. And, you know, I mean, this isn't leadership specific, but just obviously if you play him in convocation, their leadership can help protect him in the middle of the board in the way a lot of other people can't. And so it's it's not really going to be that weird of a play. Just be like, oh, we happen to be playing Doctor Strange in convocation. And now I'm going to play eye on the prize, do this. And then, oh, you attacked him once. Now he backs up. Yeah. No, that seems really good. Okay. Well, let me throw out another eye of the prize. I was realizing, uh, so I mathed this out today. I had to check this when I came up with this idea. Space Thanos, Mm -hmm. he can use Space Gem to move himself range two, then medium move. And with eye on the prize, he can grab an enemy cube or an enemy spider affected and then medium move back. Oh, that's really cool. So, like, I feel like that's, that that could be a problem. Or it could be your yeah. counterplay to someone else grab the center spider with, like, Angela or something. You can mm-hmm. you can actually kind of safely use Thanos to get one from their side that they were expecting to keep. Yeah, no, I, I really like that play. That's, uh, that's going to be something to look out for, as Thanos can do that with Eye on the Prize. Uh, more and more so, I think Eye on the Prize is becoming the new... Uh, I'm guessing it's going to become the new advanced R&D, so to speak. The new turn one, do stuff with extracts yeah. card. It opens up a lot of it opens up a lot of cool possibilities. Mm-hmm. Was thinking about this, I think, the last time we recorded, and I just fog-brained here. But you can do some stuff <laughs> with, like, uh, Iron Fist and Avengers Assemble, where he can, uh, since he has two power, you can play Avengers Assemble, and then he can move up and on grab a center extract and move back um or like hulk can do similar things anyone that can natively generate more than one power in avengers can do stuff like that or you can avengers assemble move up grab a center extract move back yep uh she hulk's another one of those um yeah. she gets the two power so she can do it and she can get hulk pretty Buster. far back afterwards yep yeah so yeah, Avengers Assemble just opens up options. I don't know how often people will do that round one, but if you're in a situation where someone's setting up for the the steal or something and you don't want to be stuck in the middle of the board, that, that can definitely be a good play. Yeah. Okay, a couple of more corner case ones that I don't think will come up very often, but I want to mention them. Um, they're both Thanos-related. I couldn't think of anyone else that these would uh, matter for. But if you're running Thanos plus power plus another gem he can use climbing gear to do the same sort of stuff that we're talking about. So if you did like power mind and you have climbing gear in your roster, he has the power to climbing gear right away, then medium move, grab a center and then back up. Okay. Yeah. And that's also far enough that um, he can grab an enemy one and move back or no, no, that one's not, let me, (laughs) that was not written down. And I realized that would also require eye on the prize, which you would not have enough power for. But right. does not quite mm-hmm. get close enough. Could he with like with power space climbing gear make it to the far one? Uh yes. Yes, he could. Yeah. So so you could do that he, if you were running power space Thanos. 
Yeah, climbing gear. That that I'd not written down, but yeah, that's totally yeah. With climbing gear and the space gem and power, he would be able to, uh, without even using eye on the prize, he could just bloop, go over, you know, steal an enemy extract and still have a medium move to back up. No problem. Actually, that's actually probably not probably that certainly has actually more breathing room than the eye on the prize play does. Yeah, for sure. I I wonder. I'll have to look at these things and see if he could like just grab a a far hammer. I'm not sure if he can quite make that, but yeah, I mean he could with the two two medium moves and eye on the prize. Maybe yeah, I'd have to double check the math on that one. I don't know for sure. Um, but one other Thanos one that had crossed my mind is uh, extreme conditioning. Okay, on either Ronin or Thanos, Thanos power or just Thanos with two gems. Um, mm-hmm. extreme conditioning does set them up to do the Angela play where they could just play extreme conditioning, advance long, grab it, and then advance backwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They could, they could both do that as well. Or, uh, Dr. Strange could extreme conditioning only cost two, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. He, yeah, he'd be able to do that too. Yep. Okay. Well, I think that wraps up the tactics cards one. So let's go into, uh, let's go into the leaderships. So you had already started talking about midnight sun. So why don't we start there? Sure. Sounds good. There's a lot of different things you can do with Midnight Suns. Um, like if you have like a uh, like a Doctor Strange again in Midnight Suns doesn't even necessarily need Eye on the Prize to pick up two hammers. He can just bump, pick up a hammer, move twice and pick up another hammer. That's specifically Sorcerer Supreme. Let's specify. Not normal yes. in affiliation Doctor Strange. Yeah. Is Sorcerer Supreme not an affiliation for Midnight Suns? He is not currently affiliated for them. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought they both were. Yeah, so that would be uh, Sorcerer Supreme could do that. Um, your Ronin Power Gem, your Thanos's, your uh, Ebony Maws with a gem could all do that. Um, and then anyone who can get, like, you, uh, like a Hulk could, you know, bump. I mean, like a Hulkbuster could bump and move up and grab a middle line and move back. So you can do a a lot of things like that with the leadership. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm having so much fun with, um, with sons. That's, it is just such a, such a crazy fun leadership, powerful and just always interesting things you can do with it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So past sons, um, there's actually a lot of interesting things you can do with storm X-Men like one yeah. of my favorite ones is Doctor Strange plus the Soul Gem can use the X-Men leadership to kind of bump forward, then walk forward, grab a center cube, walk backwards, grab another cube, and then be in a position where he can heal the two damage off himself every round because he's generating four power per round. So he he saves it, he still nets a power, but can actually heal all the cube damage off himself. Um, but if you don't want to pick up um, two cubes, you could do it without the soul and just like grab one with the X-Men leadership, walk backwards. That's something any medium mover can do. It doesn't even have to have two power in X-Men. So if you've got a medium move and a 50 millimeter base, like even Beast could do it. Yeah. Um, I will say uh, it's kind of crazy that Storm with uh, space Thanos plus another gem can easily grab two viruses and still back up without the use of a card. Yeah, that's that is pretty nuts that like 
Storm on Virus is actually like a legit scary leadership. You just have her and Thanos, and it's just like, oh, wow, you can... Uh, or I apologize, he can't actually back up. He can just get both of them. Yeah, it's still pretty still pretty crazy that he can do that without even needing a card. All you need to have is have Storm and Thanos in your roster, which, you know, is definitely, like, I'm not sure that that's, like, a bad place to be if you're playing X-Men. Yeah, I mean, I think Thanos is, I mean, if one thing we're going to take away from this is how many cool things Thanos can do, I think yeah. the future may be a lot more splashing Thanos than people realize. Like, I made a hot take, uh, I don't know, almost a year ago, where I predicted that we would, to a certain extent, be looking at affiliations as like, here is this affiliation normally, and this is what this affiliation looks like when you're running Thanos in the roster. That prediction obviously proved to be untrue because it was just too hard to splash him in with gems. Um, It just took too much roster slots, but I think that may now come to pass where he, he, he does some crazy things, but to fit him in, you might find that you're not running nearly as many other fours and fives to like make him work, or you're just slotting him in for just those specific situations where you're running a higher threat. Um, or you're trying to be abusive at a very low threat level and only run a couple of characters. Well, yeah, there's some, there's some cool things you can do with him. I've considered putting him in my, in humans lists now that, uh, he, he can get pretty spooky. The, the other characters who I think, I think anyone who natively generates three power is going to see a lot more of these, uh, some more splashing because of what they can do on these extract deals. Your, your Stranges, your Ronin Power Gems, your uh, Ebony Maws with a gem can really do some cool things. Yeah, I'm really interested to see where Ronin's home ends up being. Because, like, in Guardians, I really like him as a four threat. Um, yep. He's just, he's, as an affiliated four threat, I think he's actually fantastic. And I think he's a character that a huge amount of people were sleeping on because I think what happens is people like start playing stuff in affiliation and then they realize how good it is. And then they start playing it out of affiliation. And in this particular case, because Ronan and Drax came out very late in the guardians and people were already kind of off them by them, they got delayed and people were kind of sick of guardians. and didn't feel like they were good enough. I don't think Ronan ever got the, the table time that he really deserved. And I think people are going to play new guardians. They're going to try Ronan realize how great he is. And then I think we're going to start seeing Ronan pop up a lot more. The question will be how much, how often will be with the power and how much without, because he's probably the one that I'm most sad about the new changes where I think I would really like the option to bring him with or without power. Yeah, no, for sure. I, he, he does lose some, some flexibility there, Um, especially in the guardians roster where he, you would often take him as a four, but sometimes you just want him as a five. Yeah, it's it's tough because I, I think Ronan, I don't like him with power unless you're specifically going for some of these early round one shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I just think he's a fantastic four. But I don't know. We'll we'll have to we'll have to see how it uh, how it unfolds. Yeah. All right. So, uh, what leadership do you want to go over next for its cool cool options? Um. Well, we might as well go over some of the inhuman stuff then. Yeah, to do it. My home affiliation. There's some interesting things you can do with Quicksilver. Um, not your very first activation, but your second activation. Which, um, no matter what, on uh, cubes or spiders, 
there will at least be one of the enemy cubes or center cube or spider left. And so if you feed him power on your first turn, and then you feed him power on your second turn, so he has three power, he can use his superpower that allows him to advance long and steal any one of those three um, extracts, one of the center ones or opponent ones, and still back out. And if the terrain is exactly perfect, and for some reason they have not taken their home hammer, and he have lined up Quicksilver exactly in the center, you can make it to the other hammer, as long as the other hammer was placed exactly at the correct range. If it was bumped back a little bit, you're going to miss it. So that one's very finicky. But if the situation arises, it's just something to be aware of. Yeah, that one that one scares me with also realizing how many mats are like a quarter inch short and a quarter inch long on certain yep. sides. Yep, it's definitely not a consistent play, the hammer one. But with the cubes and spiders, Quicksilver will consistently be able to steal one of the, one of the uh, center or opponent's extracts yeah that can be particularly crazy if you you know do uh you know do a say ronin eye on the prize take a middle one and then they grab one and then you grab one that's on their side and back up yep i have done that many a time on spiders where i just start with four spiders and uh it can be pretty good i think one of the moral of the stories with this is you definitely want to potentially have more of the the faster characters so that when you get into some of these situations, you can actually um, go for the bold play. Like we talked about in the first section where you just like, okay, well now they've, you know, they've grabbed the center one and one of mine. I need to be able to grab one of theirs to keep this in a reasonable parody. And if you don't have like a Ronin or a Quicksilver or a Black Widow or, you know, just anything that has the combination of long move or medium move and 50 millimeter base, you can really find yourself behind. Uh, Black Panther's great. Like any Doctor Strange can do it. Yeah, even like Hela, is, who is a rarely played option, is really good at that sort of thing. Um, almost everyone in Spider-Foes, like Carnage, Green Goblin, Doc Ock, Lizard, like they can all do it. Yeah, Spider-Foes all have good good answers for that. But it's definitely something to be aware of that you kind of need an answer for in your roster. Yes, one 100%. Okay, so let's talk. Uh, I also have some stuff for Steve Avengers. Without cards, Cable yep. or Hulk can use just the leadership to make their uh, Gamma Leap or their Body Slide by One cheaper. And it allow them to um, move, use their ability, grab the center extract, and then at least do a short move away. Not quite as safe as some of the other ones, but again, doesn't take a whole lot of setup. I think Steve Avengers having Hulk is going to be a pretty reasonably common thing. Yeah. No, I think that's a, a pretty reasonable thing that they can do. They can do a lot of... Steve Avengers is, again, one of those affiliations that I'm excited to see what people do with, because there's a lot of like stuff like that that I think will be showing up. Yep, and then... What basically it's the same thing, but Mystique can do it, but they just have to use their leap or body slide by one afterwards. So they don't get quite as far away. But yeah. Mystique's leadership does allow Cable or Hulk to double move, grab the middle, get their power back, and then use their movement shit. So Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mystique does cool stuff like that as well. Okay. Um and then here is probably like my favorite one for this whole episode that oh, uh, I was thinking about. Did this one hit me like 
maybe like nine hours ago or something. It was just earlier today. And so this is a little bit weirder. It's not just a round one play, but say, for example, you want to do one of those plays where you end up with, say, like uh, Dormammu in the middle of the table, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, and so he's, say, on hammers where he has grabbed a hammer and then he has double moved and grabbed a second hammer. So now he's kind of out in the middle of the board and someone mo- positions to like lay into him. If you're playing Gwen with Dormammu, um, she can actually uh, she can actually reach that character from deployment oh, to um, to actually do the um, lifesaver play on them. Yeah, because the, the base is big enough, and so if mm-hmm. she gets the two power, or she's in like say Steve's leadership, and you do something similar with Hulkbuster. Um, yeah. And they've hit the center of the board. You can set up Gwen where, you know, they come up and they're like, all right, I'm going to take, you know, I'm going to start putting shots into them. And you're like, Bloop, lifesaver. Nope. You don't get any attacks on my Dormammu. Sorry. Yeah, no, that, 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 that's really cool. Um, you know, there's also some interesting stuff with um, Toad with uh, like in Steve or in Dormammu. If you like leave someone hanging out to dry and, Maybe you don't have Gwen in your roster, so you can't pull them back to safety. Your next activation, you can have Toad move up and take the extract from them. So then Toad's super far back, super safe, and, uh, you know, just chilling in the back, doing Toad things. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, yeah, I think with oh, that Gwen thing, you can also do it in Inhumans. Like, say if you're playing Inhumans with Gwen and Hulkbuster, you could accomplish the same thing, where if Hulkbuster takes two two hammers in Inhumans, as long as you have that round one, someone gives power to Gwen, you could be set mm-hmm. up for that. So, But you, you got to have the 65-millimeter base? Yes. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty confident that it only works with the Hulkbuster or Dormammu to be within range four from deployment. Okay. Yeah. Theoretically, if you're playing in like X-Men, uh, no, cause you can't have both leadership. So you don't have a way to give her, uh, give her the, give her the power right away. But I think with right. how common we might see hammers in the future, this could be a really powerful play. Like I think Dormammu is going to see a lot of play. Hulkbuster is going to see a lot of play. It would not be that weird to slot in Gwen into like any of those. I mean, she's just a solid character period, but she's great in Steve Avengers. She's great in dark dimension. I, what do you think of Gwen in, in humans? Oh, I've, I've, I've played with her in Inhumans, and she's Gwen. Gwen is just a good character everywhere. Yeah. Like she's made some of my rosters and she hasn't made others, but she's, she's always good. Yeah. I, I it, it creates such an interesting situation where if people start moving towards Dormammu and then you just get to pull Dormammu to safety and potentially pull him towards the center of the board a bit. Yeah. Like, Oh, that's, I feel like, yeah, you can reposition him and such. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's just going to end up being crazy strong. Cause it's like, Oh, the only downside of putting your big guy up there, maybe they get a bunch of attacks into them. And Gwen's like, nah, nah, we're good. We're good. Mm-hmm. I, I, I actually, the more I think about this one, I'm like, this could be really common, especially in Dark Dimension. I could totally see Gwen just slotting in the, oh, we're playing Hammers? Guess I'm going to bring Gwen, and my opponents are going to hate their lives. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it seems good. Okay. Oh, looking, I'm both looking forward to and dreading. But, all right, so let's talk about the craziest of the crazy stuff. So the leadership plus tactics cards, any combination of craziness, what's your favorite opening play? Um, now, now it's got to be my... Ronin eye on the prize play just because 
with with the virus. It's well known by now, but that is a special place in my heart. Um, Ronin in Inhumans with the Power Gem um, can grab two viruses on turn one with Eye on the Prize. And do you want to he, break that down a little bit? Like, so yeah. say a listener's never seen it before. How does that work? Um, how it works is you have somebody give him a power. In my rosters, it's usually Black Bolt. And he, well, first off, he pays one power to play on the prize. Then Black Bolt will give him a power. And then uh, he will move up once to one of the cures. And he can be within two after a medium move. He'll pick it up. And then he will move towards another cure. And he can get within two of that one. He'll have to pay two power. And then he'll have two cubes and be just behind center line. And then it's really hard for your opponent, unless they have Thanos, to move Ronin out of Lockjaw Teleport to safety range. Pretty crazy. Um, So I was thinking about this a lot after I saw you do this in a game. I realized uh, you can do this without Ronin, but with Doctor Strange Sorcerer Supreme. Yep. He accomplishes the same thing. I think Ronin's probably a little tankier overall, plus he has the affiliation with Inhuman, so I think you may still see it with Ronin way more than Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um, but you can do this same thing with the Mystique leadership. Yeah. Because instead of having the one power dump, you could have Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme, or Ronin in power. Just use Eye on the Prize, move up, grab the first one, then they get the refund on that one, so they still have two to grab the middle one. Yep. And... Your your Thanos can do a a similar thing with like Thanos with uh, just a a power gem and uh, Eye on the Prize can do that in Mystique or in Humans or you know, and if he has like a space gem, all the better for getting to safety. Yep, one hundred percent. All right, what what else you got for uh, the crazy leadership plus card stuff? Um, so. There is a, it is, there are many ways, I think, with uh, Dormammu to score an herb, turn one, with just tactical analysis. Ooh, crazy. Break it down yeah. for me. I love this. So the mo- the one that I've been thinking of is at, fi- at 15 or whatever, you're playing Medusa, Lockjaw, Dormammu. And unless your opponent has a way to displace Dormammu, Dormammu will make it to score the herb turn one. So Dormammu moves up to grab the herb. Lockjaw um, will uh, move short. And then with a short move, he is within three of Dormammu. He can pay two to tactical analysis and two more to teleport in range three. And then Medusa can move in order to hair flip Dormammu onto the point. That's that's crazy. And that's normally I don't like herb plays because I'm like, you're not supposed to try to score the herb. You don't do that. But there are not that many things that can move Dormammu. Yeah. You have to have like, you know, one of those, uh, like a, a spider's pull, you know, like a, a Gwen yeah, pull. Or a or bow. Like, or you a basically bow. have to have a, a bow or... Yeah, or the spider pulls. That's just about it, yep. especially for a round one. Yep. And it's hard to get... Yeah, and then you have to get two power. It's Because, like, see the spider pulls? Yeah, you have to be in, like, Steve's Avengers. You'd have to double move and do it. 
Yep. And I'm not even or, sure Ve- Venom gets in range. Like, yeah. Venom probably can't. Well, if you line up Venom across from Dormammu at the very beginning, you can have him move once, um, attack to try and get a power. Here's the problem, though. If you attack and you give Dormammu a power from that, he'll have enough power to play in, in Indomitable. <laughs> or if you attack anyone. Yeah, if you attack anyone, he'll have enough power to play Indomitable, and then you just can't push him when you're trying to push oh, him. Oh, man. One. <clears throat> so he has the power, though. If they only have Bow, he could play Psionic Shielding Device right away. Yep. Oh, that's nuts. <laughs> yeah, there's some... There's some uh, crazy stuff you can do to turn one score the, the herb with Dormammu. Like, as I, I agree, most of the time turn one herb plays are really easily dis- disruptable. But you have to be pretty specifically teched to deal with Dormammu scoring at turn one. Yeah, you. there are so few ways to do that. Yeah. Oh. And, you know, you could bring... I mean, it wouldn't be that weird to bring Indomitable and... Um, and bring psionic shielding device for that. If you if you get into that situation, it would be pretty easy. Like, well, I'm going to bring them, and you know, if they happen to like, if they don't have any, if they don't actually bring a bow character, but yeah, you only have to be at 15 threat to do it too. Yep, that that's just a 15 threat list. That's just your your herbs threat level. Yeah, and you basically are just like, all right, Dormammu is going to hold the herb, and then Medusa and Lockjaw just have to control like one secure. Yep, that's that's literally the game plan there. And you got to be careful if anyone gets within range four of Dormammu. There's it's can be and like even if they happen to you know move off Dormammu later, you have many ways to move him back on. Yeah, and, between Lockjaw and Medusa. Well, and like even if someone like double bows him, he can advance medium and then like place himself potentially. So yep. he doesn't get quite as hurt by the the one movement as some characters can. Yeah, so. I think that, uh, you know, that's a play that we may end up being seeing is Dormammu scoring turn one. And I think there's other ways to do it. I just haven't, my home is with Inhumans, so <laughs> I've used a lot of the Inhumans characters to try and figure it out. But there could be some other plays. I mean, the hair flip from Medusa is pretty far. There's not a lot of situations where you're going to be able to be able, like, there's not a lot of combinations of characters that can do all of those things. Especially at 15th round. Yeah. What, what about you? Do you have any crazy requires a leadership and a tactics card? So one that I was thinking of, this more falls into your um, later turn one setups, but I was thinking Steve, mm-hmm. um, Steve Avengers or Inhumans with Lockjaw or Doctor Strange Sorcerer Supreme plus Enchantress can do turn mm-hmm. one steals still. So yeah. if you do, say you have priority and you set up and you take stuff from one side, like you you set up and you have Hulkbuster, like take a hammer. Like obviously this is uh, an insane amount of threat level. Let's just say it's um, Steve, Black Widow, Hulkbuster. So right there you're at 12 and then you do uh, Enchantress and Lockjaw. So you're playing at 19 and mm-hmm. you have Hulkbuster take this middle, ha- you know, your deployment hammer and then the... Uh, the hammer in one side, and then you set up um, Enchantress so that with the place from Lockjaw, she can then advance once because the range three three place is actually longer than a medium move. So it actually makes it easier to do than when she was just having to double move. And the Steve leadership or in humans can give her the extra power that she would need 
to uh, to gank that that right away. So turn one steals, they're still going to be a thing. Yeah, turn. You know, um, you and you have to be scared of it in in humans too, where they can just put black cat in the middle of the board, even if they don't have Bryle. And so they can take whichever hammer you don't take, and then Black Cat can double move and steal it. Or you can put Enchantress in the middle of the board if you don't have Pryo and teleport her with Lockjaw to either side. Yeah, and this is one where advanced R&D could still come into play, because it could just be any team with Lockjaw and Enchantress Yep, um, can do this. Because you could just have Lockjaw teleport three, right? And then he can advance R&D the power to her, and then she double moves and takes it. <laughs> Or she does the place yeah. plus the move and then ganks it. So Yeah, so any team can still steal stuff. They just need uh, Enchantress and Lockjaw. Yep. Um, theoretically, any team with Doctor Strange and Enchantress plus someone who can move two power around can do it because Doctor Strange would need one as well. So Yeah, you can like Wong. Yeah, Wong could like give himself a power and then um, and then advance R&D to the, uh, the two different characters. Yep. But yeah, there's there's a there's a ton of ways that you could potentially make that work. There's also a lot of characters in um if you're playing Cabal with Enchantress or if you're doing this in Asgard, right? Like every single one of their characters could potentially, yeah. you know, toss out the two power necessary. Yeah, to advanced R&D and stuff. Yeah. There's some there's some stuff you can do with Enchantress still. She she's not dead. Enchantress is not dead. She's still going to be able to do stuff. Man, did you have any other uh, any other super crazy ones for us to drop in here? Um, other super crazy ones. Was there anything with Quicksilver? I thought last time around we were recording this, there was something with Quicksilver that also required a card, or am I... So there are some things you can do with Can I Borrow That in Quicksilver. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. So, yeah. So if you have Quicksilver and you have him in, in Humans or in Magneto's Brotherhood where you've thrown a bunch of stuff turn one to give him some power you can um threaten to steal just about any extract on the board turn one with his tactics card um because if you get him to three power then he gets you can get him to be able to move long for without an action and then he'll have another action to get wherever and he has at least one chance to do one damage and if he does that he can steal the the extract and if the person is close enough after one long move, then Quicksilver has two chances to try and steal the extract. Um, so it does mean that Quicksilver in Quicksilver in Steve's leadership with an advanced R and D at some point can still go and like double move, take an enemy extract, and then move away. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So you can have. So that means you can set that up so that Quicksilver can do that on your, just like in humans, you can guarantee that you will have at least a three to two advantage on cubes or spiders, um, whether or not you have priority, because he can be able, if you have advanced R&D and Steve. Yeah, not like there's a shortage of, you know, Steve, Steve still has access to like Iron Fist, who has two power, who could spare a power. Quicksilver is affiliated in Avengers, so that could be a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely like something to be aware of that Quicksilver can really just steal an extract from anyone on the board, turn one. Yeah, I think Quicksilver is one that the more I play him, the more I'm. When I first glanced at his card, I wasn't that impressed. 
but the more that I've played him, I've I've just really liked what he did overall. Oh, he's he is very good. He's better on secures than you think too, just because of his speed. He can uh especially flip secures. He can get to a lot of them. Um you uh you'd be you'd be so proud of uh Lexa. She pulled off the uh what's the uh inhumans card that like deals damage to someone holding an extract? Terragenesis yeah. card's fantastic. She she terragenesis with Quicksilver on my one health Moon Knight and actually got the two VPs. Oh yeah. I, I think that card's actually relatively easy to pull off, especially if you're playing spiders. Um spider infected. Like you can pretty consistently bank on getting two points from that card. It's really good. Yeah, I was like, oh, he lived, and then I totally forgot about that card, and I was like, maybe I should have activated him, but I was like, living the dream, yeah. living the dream, Lexa. Yeah, no, the card's really good. All right, well, I think we've knocked out all of the, at least the key stuff. I'm sure there's a couple that we've, uh, that we have forgotten or just didn't think about. There's There's actually so many. It's crazy how many of these different options that people are going to have. That that's the thing. Like there, are, I think that there's a lot of unexplored areas that people haven't, that we just haven't gotten to yet. There's a lot of unexplored territory, I think, in MCP, and like I just happen to know a lot of Inhuman ones because I've because they are very good at turn one plays, and I've experimented a lot with them. But there are like I think a lot of Avengers lines, a lot of Mystique lines that haven't necessarily been fully fleshed out yet. Yeah, I 100% agree, and I think with the with the buffs to Steve, um, I think we could absolutely start seeing more of those. Um, it'll still be it's still going to be a little interesting to tell like how good are some of these, like how often are some going to come up, how often is Steve going to get played. All of those things are still kind of up in the air, but there's there's some powerful yeah. game winning opening plays potentially, not necessarily game winning in all cases, but sometimes just like game defining where it's going to totally rearrange the the way that whole game is played cuz you were able to pull that off. I'm I'm excited to see what happens with turn 1 plays in in the new meta. So, yep, 100% agreed. All right, well, I think this is a good spot for us to wrap up the episode. Um again, Samuel, thanks for so much for recording this with me twice. So a lot to go over and it's uh, almost a little painful, right? We're like, I got to think about all these crazy plays through two different episodes. A lot to worry hey, about. It's, it's all good. And uh, there's, I'm sure that there's, uh, there were some things that maybe I forgot about in between this episode and the last, but who knows? There's a lot of things out there. So, well, I am not going to go back and compare the two and see if we forgot one. <laughs> That's a lot of Fair work. Enough. Yeah. But, all right, man. So again, thank you so much. And to all of the listeners, go out there, drop your sweet turnaround plays, and uh, let's hope your opponent doesn't think they're too OP.